Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and I'm so excited that you're listening to us today. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. Check out rockauto.com for all the great deals they've got going on over there. On today's program, excited to bring back a guest who's been on this show before. Donald Wine from the Duke Basketball Report will be a part of our program. As guys, we are officially two weeks away from the start of the Duke basketball season. That is right. Two weeks from today, we kick off the final season with head men's basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski as Duke takes on Kentucky in the Champions Classic. I will discuss all of that with Donald Wine on today's show. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils wherever you get your podcasts available on every major podcast platform. Leave us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast platform so I can give you a five-star Friday shout-out. It means a whole lot. When when you take time to do that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And be sure to send us any questions you may have for the Mailbag Monday. Mailbag Monday is a show I do every few weeks. Any of your questions I answer. Send questions about anything going on in the Duke Athletics world to us on Twitter or an email, LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com. And again, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day and making us your first listen for everything Duke Athletics athletics let's take a quick break when we come back donald wine joins the show right here on locked on blue devils today's show is brought to you by prize picks prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy prize picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the power five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of prize picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine basketball, football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or 
your truck, right? Locked on Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson and so excited today to bring on another friend from the Duke Basketball Report, Donald Wine, back with us once more for another conversation. Donald, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, JJ. Thanks for having me back on the show. Without a doubt, I'm excited. We're getting closer to basketball season. Here we are two weeks from today. Duke will be playing Kentucky to kick off the 2021-2022 season. Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> it doesn't feel like two weeks. It really doesn't. If it, the, the season back in, in May and June were like, oh, man, it's just around the corner. And now it really is, and it feels, it, it, it feels like we're, we're almost out of time. Like, but we're ready to go. We're excited. We've been talking about these matchups, these teams, everything, really, this, this, this last season that Coach K doesn't want it referred to uh, ever since he made the announcement, and here we are two weeks away. It'll be good to finally play some games to sort of get an idea. I'm curious your perspective on opening up the season with a game like Kentucky. In years past, obviously, Duke has always played in this Champions Classic event with Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State, all four schools rotating opponents. But there have been some years, Donald, where you've got a lesser opponent on your schedule before you get into the Champions Classic. What do you think about this being the first game of the season right out of the gates? So it's funny, a few years ago, um, when they moved it to being the first game of the year, I was kind of skeptical because a lot of guys, they didn't have as many uh, exhibition games. And so you needed a couple of games for them to get on their feet. You wanted those marquee matchups to be good basketball. And then we saw it 2019 when Zion and RJ Bear just went and just destroyed Kentucky. And I was like, <laughs> yes, we can make this the first game of the year. That's awesome. So I've become more and more excited about it because it is, again, it's a really big test to start the season. It's something where you can kind of see, okay, where's our team on the first week in November, the first Tuesday in November. And then you can kind of use that to compare with this team as it grows and improves throughout the year. So I'm really excited for it. For as many Duke fans as there are, you just got to know that there are certainly going to be critics uh, for what the program has been over four decades under Coach K's leadership and that sort of thing. And Donald, as you well know, something that always kind of gets thrown back Duke's way in the early portion of the season is that they're never really truly tested on the road in road environments and road settings like that. It's more of the neutral site style. I think we're both smart enough to kind of understand, well, hey, you can't win an NCAA tournament in someone's house. You're going to be mm-hmm. playing on a neutral site. But what have you thought about that sort of conversation over the years? Because it has always been there that Duke doesn't necessarily play these true road games in non-conference. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have one this year. We traveled to Ohio State, which right. will be a pretty interesting matchup. We have played, you know, they've played us pretty tough there. But I think in the general scheme of things, you know, I don't care where we yeah. play, you know, like Cameron is, is the best home court advantage in basketball. Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? But you also have, you know, the idea of going on the road and, and getting that extra test. We get a lot of that during the ACC. And since the ACC expanded uh, to 20 games, you don't need it as much anymore, you know, than you did before. So I do like we do, you know, one or two, maybe a year, but I do also like those neutral site games because they feel like final fours. The Champions Classic feels like a Final Four. We're playing Gonzaga in Vegas. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. That'll feel like a Final Four environment. And you want to simulate that more than you need to simulate going to someone else's house and beating him. We get plenty of that on the road in the ACC. 
we're just a few years into this 20-game ACC schedule, as you just alluded to there. With that being said, with more games on the schedule, you got to start conference competition earlier. There are some schools in the league that the first two days in December, they will have already played an ACC contest. Do you like that? I do. Honestly, I thought that was going to be us because between, as you know, between Ohio State and I believe it's Appalachian State, we have a two-week break. And I think that usually is where the ACC would have thrown in a game. And even for us, like maybe a non-conference game in New York or something like that. But I think having that early game gets people to think, oh, yeah, ACC seasons is here. It's not around the corner. It's here. Uh, And just kind of just kind of put that out there saying, hey, this is cool. I do not like what they did a couple of years ago where they had it as the very first game of the year. We played in the Champions Classic, and some teams had an ACC game to open the season. That I disagree with. I'd like to have that early December game, and then you know, right in the late December, early January, really get into the full full brunt of ACC season. I think North Carolina opened up the year with like Notre Dame or something like that. I think I remember that. Yeah, and Boston College and Syracuse or something like that. Two, Two games, and the games weren't even that great because, again, you want your team to be at yeah. the best during ACC season. That's a very big, tall ask to do it in the first Tuesday in November. It's like you're playing for the conference title, and here you are at the in March looking back on it before the tournament and mm-hmm. having to remember results that took place on the very first game. Yeah, that is interesting that a couple of teams had to experience that, but not going to be the case for Duke this year opening up the season versus Kentucky here two weeks out. As we get closer to the game, obviously we'll talk a little bit more about that Kentucky squad who's – littered with one-and-done players once more, as they always are. A couple of key impact transfers as well. Looking at this Duke team in particular, though, I think a lot of people are riding high off of the uh, Trevor Keels momentum that he possibly gained from Countdown to Craziness. Where do you stand in all of that? I love Trevor Keels. I mean, <laughs> since he arrived on campus and we've seen some of the videos uh, from those scrimmages that he did over the summer, Trevor Keels is such a big player. Uh, he's so tall over imposing over other guards that he's going to be a force wreck with both on offense and defense. And I did get a chance to view a practice in person and it's just the same. I mean, he, he towers over people. And when you have a, a, when you're a point guard and you get the ball and you look and you have to look up at this dude, that's just standing over you. That makes it where you just have a difficulty in passing the ball or driving past him. And then on offense, he can do what he wants. And, and you can, you saw a glimpse of that in countdown to craziness. So I'm really excited. I think the the media apparently is very excited about him as well because he was second in, you know, ACC freshman of the year preseason voting. So people are excited about what he can bring to the table. And I certainly am one of them. We'll take that for sure. Trevor Keel second in uh, ACC freshman of the year voting. We're talking with Donald wine here today on the locked on blue devils podcast. As we're looking at next year's squad, Donald wine, of course, with the Duke basketball report, they're 300 some odd episodes into their podcast journey together, which is outstanding. If you listen to last week's show, they were recapping Countdown to Craziness and talking about some of the positives that were gained. Donald, I believe you mentioned the ball handling, which mm-hmm. I talked with uh, about J- with Jason Evans when he was on the program. Kind of feeling good about the fact that there are multiple players who can get you into your offense, get you into your sets. Yeah, that is the most important thing. I mean, if you noticed last year, we had a couple of instances where we could not take care of the basketball. It was very frequent where we couldn't take care of the basketball and we had guys that weren't confident with the basketball in their hands. To have that this year and to have two guys who were on that team last year, Wendell Moore and Jeremy Roach, who can bring the ball up. You have Paolo Bencaro who can bring the ball up and you have Trevor Keels who can bring the ball up. And even Jalen Blakes, if he got in the game, he, he is okay on the ball, but at least he's confident yeah. with it. So you have those guys 
that's going to be really clutch come the end of the game when you need to get a basket and you need to know who is going to have the ball coming up and where all, everyone's role is. And when that plan breaks down, someone else can take over. So I think that's going to be very important this year. Hopefully will help, help us limit the turnovers. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and works for up to seven days per use. Dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It is featured and tested on The Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. You know that this is legit. A bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews manufactured right here in the USA. Sweatblock obviously helps folks that have trouble with the pit stains. Excessive sweating is something that not everyone loves to talk about, but Sweatblock is here to help you out. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. You and I certainly aren't doctors by trade, Donald, but I am intrigued by A.J. Griffin and sort of what he's going through with the knee sprain right now. The timetable uh, kind of has him geared up possibly to be ready to rock and roll for that opener versus Kentucky or a few weeks after the fact. How should Duke handle this in your eyes, uh, given the injuries that they've had to, to some really standout freshmen in years past? Well, the practice I told you I was at with Trevor Keels is unfortunately the one where I saw A.J. get hurt. And for him – he apparently is one of those kids that, you know, just has a, a PTSD type of reaction to it because he has had any injury in the past. He lost an entire year due to COVID. So he hasn't really played in two years and he's very sensitive about that. And I think that I think anyone can understand that. Yeah. So when it happened, it felt like it was the worst. We're really glad it's something where he could come back and play uh, in a few weeks if, if necessary. But I think Duke should take their time with him. We have plenty of guys that he can work himself into the offense when he's ready to do so, even if it's at five to 10 minutes to start the season or whenever he's fully 100%. But I think with him, it's great to see his spirits were high during Countdown to Craziness. He did a little dancing on the court, so he clearly is you know well enough to participate in some of that. But I think for him, slowly and surely just let him get back to 100%, let him get that mental get part of his game back, and he'll be ready to go. He'll be one of the best freshmen in the country when he does that. You were quick to point out on the podcast that you guys do at Duke Basketball Report that from countdown to craziness, Donald, uh, you were quick to point out that Theo John was Mr. Cool, Calm, and Collected when he mm. was introduced. I've done this before. I'm, I'm the old guy in the room. Let's just play some basketball. I would love to co-sign the Theo John fan club with you already uh, because, man, that guy looks like he's going to be a big-time impact player for Duke. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to see him on the court because, again, we did not have a lot of veteran presence last year. He can bring that. He's been, you know, a three-year starter in the, in the Big East, so he knows about big-time basketball. And I, like I said on on our show, the you know Mark Williams, the talk about him possibly even being in the talk for ACC Player of the Year, he will be as good as Theo John can make him because Theo John is going to make him a really good player uh, when it comes to just the. The, mimicking the physicality that ACC can can provide, as we all know. So Theo John is going to fit right in. And I, again, that walkout where he just basically said, "Hey, I'm Theo." <laughs> to be a Cameron, and like I'm just like, "Yo, my man is just ready. He's just ready for the season to start." That that's that's what's up. He just wants to play basketball. That's all it is at the end of the day. So uh, a front court led by Mark Williams, of course, coming back into his sophomore season. Theo John, and then of course there's that guy named Paolo Donald. That we've been talking a whole lot about two weeks away from the season already right atop NBA mock drafts. I mean, that's just something that everybody talks about so early this day and age 
in the sports media landscape and that sort of thing. So all eyes are certainly going to be on number five for the Duke basketball team. What do you think the first couple of weeks are going to look like for him? Will he emerge onto the scene right away? Or do you feel like there's going to be a little bit of adjustment period? I think there'll be an adjustment period. And in, in I think for any freshman, that's the case. The great thing is we have a big time game on the first game because yeah. he can experience that immediately. Right away. He doesn't have to warm himself up to it. We're going to throw him in there and see what happens. But the kid's ready. I mean, you know, some people were kind of worried about his performance during Countdown to Craziness. I, I, I was not worried about him. He is going to be a dynamic player. He already is a dynamic player. And, you know, with his skill set and what he could do in the court on both offense and defense, he's going to be that guy that leads the ACC and possibly the nation in several categories. So I'm really looking forward to him uh, just getting out there. But I do think it may take a couple of games for him to get good footing. I don't expect, I don't expect to see like, I don't expect to see Duke come out and beat Kentucky. Like they did with Zion and RJ and cam where they all were just like, it turned into an N one mixtape show yeah. in, the, in the second half. I'd love that. I'm just not expecting it. So for that, I'm expecting P five to have a really good game. And from there, just use that as confidence to build going forward. That game was so much fun. No, I mean, I could not believe I was like, are you serious? Is if every this- Duke game is like that. I'm happy. Is this They're not going, all like that. <laughs> I mean, is this going to be what it's like all year long? And looking back on that team, it's kind of hard to believe how we're getting further and further away from that. These guys are starting their third year in the NBA already, talking about uh, Zion, RJ, and Cam. But it was like, yeah, they really were a rock band that entire season and putting on all-star performances like that every game. Yeah, it was amazing to watch. Uh, I'm still bitter that we didn't go all the way. Um, I think that was the team that if any team could have done it in the last like, 15, 20 years, they were one of them. Um, and they were, they were really special to see. And it's great to see them blossom in the NBA as well. All of them have done well in the NBA. So I'm really, really happy for that part as well. But, man, if, if we had gotten past Michigan State, there's, yeah. we, whew, boy, that uh, – it was a wide now. open field. I know. It was a wide <laughs> open field there in, in, in 2019. So Donald Wine joining us here from the Duke Basketball Report. Uh, also within the past few weeks, at the uh, last week I believe it was, they were releasing the ACC preseason poll done by the media, and the Duke Blue Devils picked to finish atop the conference. What did you think of that? Uh, what I expected. It also means that the expectations are high for this team. We didn't need to know that. We already had set high expectations every year. Kind of used season, to that. Yeah. Kind of used to that. But even for us Duke fans this year being Coach K's final season, I know he doesn't like to use that. He doesn't want to focus on that. But we're focused on it. And yeah. we want to make sure that this season, that that expectation ratchets us up another level because of that storyline. So I think it's I think it's par for the course. It's interesting to see some of the teams that were up and down the line. Um, Florida State, I think, is going to be really good. UNC is the one that kind of could be really good or really bad. We just don't know with Hubert Davis's first year coming in and, you know, Syracuse, the one thing I always look at Syracuse because Syracuse, they've always been when they entered the ACC was going to be towards the top of the ACC every single year. In the last few years, they have hovered between seven and 11 in the conference and done just enough to get into the NCAA tournament or just be on the bubble every single year. How are they going to emerge? They have Buddy Beheim, but how are they going to play their way into the top half of the ACC? Who was going to be the guy that takes them there? I'm not sure it's just Buddy. So, And, and they got Jimmy Jr. now yeah. <laughs> um, coming in. Maybe it's him, but they always need a second guy to kind of lead the charge. The first guy is there and Buddy, but I don't know who that second person is, and I don't think Jim Beheim knows either yet. 
Back-to-back days, we've talked about Syracuse here on the show, which is perfectly fine, a, a staple <laughs> in the conference as uh, Jim Beheim, of course, is going to be the next guy that everybody kind of looks at him. When is he going to be done? When is he uh, going to be able to walk away? And Yeah, you're right. Both Beheim boys now on that team. Syracuse is going to be able to shoot the basketball. That is something mm-hmm. for sure that they're going to be able to accomplish. That possibly could be an area of concern for Duke in terms of consistently being able to knock down shots from the outside. Are you legitimately concerned about this or do you think it's going to kind of work itself out? I am concerned, not necessarily because I don't think we're going to be good at it, but because shooting can fail you at any point. How do you respond from that? Luckily, we have places in other areas where we can get baskets. We got guys who could drive. We got, you know, big men. We get, you know, we got guys who can do other things, but the shooting is a big part of Duke. Like we, we shoot threes. That's what we do. And if we can't shoot threes consistently, that is going to be a major issue because that also breeds momentum and confidence. And Cameron, when we hit a three, it's just as loud as when we hit a, hit a slam dunk. So, you know, hitting those threes are going to make it where the other team has to backtrack and go, dang, now they hit a three. Now they have momentum. What do we do? Where is that shooting coming from? We have a few places. But if it fails us on one night, how do we respond? That's what I want to see this season. It's just been the past couple of years, really, that that Duke three-point shooting has fallen off just a bit. They've obviously been one of the premier teams in the conference and in college basketball, three-point shooting. I talked about this with with Jason earlier uh, when he joined us on the program at the end of last week. ESPN loves when you're watching a basketball game, Donald, right there at the bottom. There were games last year where Duke was struggling to knock down shots from the outside. And as soon as they hit one, you were told that it was the one millionth game in a row that Duke had made a three-pointer, mm-hmm. which was an NCAA record. So I always feel pretty good about it, given where basketball is these day and ages. Everybody's shooting the three ball. Duke's going to figure it out. But it is sort of fair to question at what percentage are you going to be able to knock down shots? And when you need buckets, are you relying on the outside shot or are you trying to put the ball in someone's hands and get into the rim? Right. And and for us, you know, there was a couple of games where it was just that one. We, we kept the streak going, but it was just that one and was very nervous. Hey, it's too nervous, man. Going. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, you know, you want to see them hitting like, you know, eight to 10 threes a game, but you also don't want to see them shooting 30 to get there. So that's the idea here. Um, and then there's going to be some games where they, the, the offense is flowing and they're able to exploit the inside with their guys and they don't have to shoot threes. But there's also going to be times where, I mean, you saw Mark Williams shoot a three during countdown to crisis. I don't think he's going to be out in the perimeter every game, but there could be games where he tries to draw out an opponent, uh, opposing defense, shoot a three just to keep them honest. And that way it opens up another passing lane or another driving lane for somebody else. So we're going to see a little bit of that this year, but the shooting, if it's constant, teams are going to have to prepare for that. And when they do, the other areas of our game are going to be that much stronger because they'll be able to exploit them more. Duke men's basketball received 47 of 81 first place votes by the media. Paulo Bancaro picked as the preseason ACC player of the year and freshman of the year on that first team. You look at the second team in the league, a couple of Duke names to highlight as uh, you see Mark Williams and Wendell Moore Jr. on that list for Duke. We've talked about Mark Williams. Wendell Moore Jr., man, is the guy that uh, not as many people outside of the Duke basketball world are necessarily talking about him going into this third year, but he's going to be extra important in terms of Duke's success, a leader in the locker room, and I'm ready for year three for Wendell. I am too. I mean, he, he's he's struggled a bit during his college career, but he's also been there. He's been a part of some of the biggest moments in Duke history, that, that game against UNC. He will ever for, forever live yeah. as a Duke legend for that, and I want to see him – 
you know, add some hardware to that, you know, because he deserves it. He is our captain now. He's our floor leader. He's, you know, one of the best players on the team. And he's the guy that other players are going to look to in the clutch to say, lead us through this. And I think he's ready for that challenge. And last year, he may not have been, a lot of guys on the team may not have been ready for that challenge, given other things in the environment and COVID and everything. But now he's focused, he's ready, and he's playing so well. So that's where I'm looking forward to seeing him thrive because he's ready for it and he obviously deserves it. He gets after it on the defensive end. There were games last year where Wendell obviously struggled with the jump shot but kept shooting, working himself out of the funk. He had the big uh, bucket against Boston College a year ago in Cameron to give us a one-point victory. And his freshman year, that game in Chapel Hill, a putback, right place, right time, for a kid that was born in the state, grew up in the Charlotte area, knows exactly what it's all. I mean, how could you script something like that? Only that rivalry would present an opportunity like that for somebody like Wendell to make a big time play like that. that you're right. We really are going to remember that forever. Forever. I mean, this one of the greatest games in, in the in the history of the greatest rivalry in, <laughs> in college sports. So, uh, yeah, and he's a part of that forever. And I think that's where he wants to be. You know, now he's probably going to say now part of my legacy is beat UNC by 30. That'd be great. Uh, we love doing that. But I, I think for Wendell, him this year, he's in his own. He knows that this is his team and he knows what his role is and knows what his responsibilities are. And he's good enough to take it to the next level. I'm ready for that next level because we've seen, again, we've seen really good window more. If we see elite window more, we're a national t- championship contender. Donald Wine here with us on Lockdown Blue Devils. So grateful for his time here today discussing all things Duke because we are about two weeks away from the start of this basketball season. Really do appreciate the time. I love what you guys do there at DBR. I uh, listen to the podcast every week that it comes out. Tell folks a little bit about the show, kind of how you format it, and what you guys are going to be doing as we get closer to basketball because here we are two weeks away, Donald. We are two weeks away. We cannot be more excited about this season as we are with other seasons at the Duke Basketball Report. You can find us at DBRSBN on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Blazing. DW on Twitter, uh, but really we are ready for the basketball season. We, we do some football as well. Uh, and, and we're waiting for, you know, the team to kind of turn it around and, and get going this year. But when basketball comes around, we will be doing two to three episodes a week to cover all of it. So uh, just like JJ, he, he's focused, he's grinding. Yeah. It's going to be a season we're going to be grinding too. There's a lot to talk about and we cannot wait to discuss it all with Donald. I really do appreciate the time. We'll do this again sometime soon during the season. Okay. JJ, thanks for having me on again. Appreciate you. That's Donald Wine joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you again to Donald Wine for joining us on the program. I really enjoyed catching up with him and thinking about the fact that, oh my goodness, here we are, two weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. Wow, we finally made it. The countdown is on. It's oh so real. I love what he had to say about uh, pretty much every player on the team. He and I are going to lead that Theo John fan club together. Trevor Keels, how important he's going to be, the young freshman for Duke basketball. I just can't wait. I can't wait for the season to be here. And here we are two weeks away. Thanks again to Donald for joining us on the program. Again, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe as well. Leave us a five-star rating. It is uh, important that we give Five Star Friday shout-outs, and we want to make sure that you leave us those five-star ratings. Send us any questions you have so we can keep putting together our Mailbag Monday editions of this program. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. I appreciate when you do that. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.